FM News Talk 97.1. This is Ion Health, and uh, I'm Eric Robert, uh, normally in the co-host seat here and uh, producer of the show. Dr. Jones is out today, but as per usual, we have a fantastic guest in studio with us to talk about a really interesting and timely subject uh, that's, that's related to some things we've talked about before. So let me tell you who the guest is. We have uh, Dr. Steve Harvey, who many of you uh, know, and we always get uh, lots of great feedback whenever we have Dr. Harvey on the air. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Good morning. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Harvey, is, uh, as you know, is Regional Medical Director at Greenbrook TMS, uh, website tms-stl.com. And Dr. Harvey, before we get into the topic for today's show, Yes. Just what's straight down the middle a little bit about when people should be thinking about Greenbrook TMS. What should they be thinking about? When, when should they contact you? Yeah, yeah. T- TMS is is a transcranial magnetic stimulation. It's a treatment for people with severe depression that has not responded to medications and other uh, traditional treatments. Uh, and there there are a, a lot of people who are in that category. So that's uh, that's what TMS is all about. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, so here on Ion Health, mm-hmm. uh, if you've been listening for a while, we've done a ton of shows with Dr. Harvey on TMS, mm-hmm. on severe depression, on, on psychiatric conditions that yeah. may be impacting your family or, or people in your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you want to hear those shows, go to ionhealthradio.com. All of the podcasts are there, including our entire inventory of Dr. Harvey podcasts. Uh, you can also find those on 971talk.com or the radio.com app. Uh, but today, yes. what we really like to have Dr. Harvey on for if, uh, is we we jump into some really interesting topics that are mm-hmm. they're timely, often you know uh, misinformed in the broader community, whether it's dealing strictly with a psychiatric issue or sometimes it's something of some historical precedence, like what we'll talk about today. Uh, so today, what we'd like to talk about is the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Yes. What's, which is an interesting topic for a medical radio show. Yeah. Normally, we don't get into constitutional law on a medical show, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, so just real quickly, and, and I'll, I'll set this mm-hmm. up a bit, but Dr. Harvey, why, why are we talking about the 25th Amendment today? Yeah, well, the, the 25th Amendment is a topic that people have been talking about quite a bit on the news recently. It's a, The 25th Amendment uh, has, has several parts, but the part that's gotten the most attention is uh, Section Four of the Twenty Fifth Amendment, uh, which is the part of the uh, which is the part of the Constitution that allows the uh, if if the need arose that allows the removal of the president if the president was unfit for office, whether that was for uh, psychiatric reasons or medical reasons or whatever. So the reason why we're talking about it, importantly, mm-hmm. is because it's interesting. Yes. The reason why we're not talking about it. Just to edify everybody listening, and, and frankly, uh, in, in your interest in mine here, we're not we're not here to make a commentary on the current administration. Uh, but it, because this is in the media so much, and yeah. because it's you know it's it's a topic of conversation among some political circles, there's a lot of misinformation about what this is, how it works, yes. and procedurally mm-hmm. when it's been used in the past, yeah. which we think you'll find really interesting. It's mm-hmm. it, it'll probably make it a lot less scary. 
yeah. uh, a, a lot more interesting. And then whenever you're out and about having a conversation, some news story hits, you know, MSNBC or Fox News or whatever it is about palace intrigue regarding the 25th <laughs> Amendment. You go, yeah. you know, I heard this radio show all about that. Yeah. And it's it's as interesting as you'd think it is, but not for the reasons that you're talking about. Right. And that's right. what we hope to bring to you today. So we're mm-hmm. not making uh, any political statement about the current administration or, or even, you know, past administrations other than just saying, here's the history yeah. and then here's the function. And also to disclaim, uh, neither myself nor Dr. Steve Harvey mm-hmm. claim to be constitutional scholars. That's right. You know, so the uh, Dr. Harvey certainly very much studied in the medical field as a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as Dr. Jones likes to joke, I, I'm technically uh, coming out of residency in my medical school after all of these years on Ion Health, but uh, for practical purposes, <laughs> I have no no functional medical knowledge that you should follow other than what you hear from the doctors here. I'm just here to ask questions and try and uh, make it a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my, real, my real business is an entirely different field. Yes. Um, so, Dr. Harvey, let's, uh, let, you know, let's get started uh, yeah. real quickly before uh, in this first segment. What what is the Twenty Fifth Amendment? Yeah, well, the the Twenty Fifth Amendment it was uh, it was ratified in the nineteen sixties. I think it was nineteen sixty eight, and uh, probably the best place to start is with uh, was kind of what uh, what triggered people to want the Twenty Fifth Amendment. You know what what the historical uh, context of that was, and uh, so what happened it, it was after uh, after the assassination of John F. Kennedy, because mm-hmm. uh, with with modern medicine, people asked themselves. What would have happened if uh, if President Kennedy had not died? What if he would have been in a coma instead, or brain damaged but still alive? Mm-hmm. At that time, we we could have been stuck with a comatose president because if if a president is in a coma, he uh, would not have been able to resign. Right, and you also can't impeach someone for being in a coma. So yeah. he'd be our president, and uh, perhaps would be unconscious throughout the rest of his presidency, and. Uh, so we needed a way uh, to remove the president if the president became unfit for office or unable to carry out his duties. And, and that's a really important context there. The 25th Amendment was passed after an assassination due to a, a mm-hmm. you know, genuine medical threat that the president could not fulfill his or her duties in office. Yes. Um, most of the context that we see it today is more, like I mentioned palace intrigue before, yeah. it's more unfit for office because of some subjective point of view, right. whether or not that has a, a, a functional material bearing. And so, again, yeah. just highlighting for listeners, we're going to stick to more of the functional side of this conversation. Uh, yeah. But you may have thoughts, questions, comments along the way uh, for Dr. Harvey. Uh, and as to take on air, you're welcome to uh, bring those to us at 314-241-9797 or 866-455-9797. Um, Dr. Harvey, you know, we've seen a lot of articles lately about the 25th Amendment in the current administration. And like mm-hmm. I said, we're not going to get into political commentary here. Yeah. Um, but just for the listener's edification, when we're when we're seeing that, uh, uh, the you know the the key players there that we've seen mentioned are like Andrew McCabe uh-huh. uh, from the FBI, supposedly, reportedly, allegedly, whatever qualifiers we have to put out there, yes. you know, tried to make an argument that the Twenty Fifth Amendment might need to be invoked for President Trump. Yes. Um, to our knowledge, and based on all the reports, that didn't appear to be related re- related to any um, objective medical issue or you know objective psychiatric issue. It was more of a uh, 
policy disagreement and whether or not uh, there was, again, it's getting to that subjective fitness for office uh, as opposed to the objective fitness for office where I think all of us can agree that if the president's in a coma and wants the best interest of the country, you know, truly does and and always did, they would like some constitutional facility for the con- country to continue functioning while their medical issue gets resolved. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. We would rather have a conscious president. And, yeah, well, yeah. usually. I mean, yeah, yeah, usually. Okay. I don't know. I mean, as, yeah. you know, sometimes okay. gridlock works. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. so with that in mind, let's uh, going into the break, one thing very interesting that I found in, uh-huh. in our prep for this show uh-huh. is the 25th Amendment. I don't think people realize this. The 25th Amendment has been invoked numerous times yes. in the short time it's been uh, part of our Constitution. Yes, it has. So what yes. what year was uh, was it passed? It was passed in oh, late 1960s. Yeah, 67, I think, was whenever it was it was passed. There, there it is, yes. So yeah, 67. so 63 was uh-huh. the assassination. Yeah. It, t- it takes a few years to get a constitutional amendment. Uh-huh. So when we, come, when we come back in just a second, next we're going to talk about when the 25th amendment has been invoked right because it has and all yeah. of the all of the rumors and and scary issues that were going on at the time or were they yeah. well whenever whenever we tell you why the 25th amendment was invoked you might understand why it exists a little bit more that's next on ion health fm news talk 97.1 fm news talk 97.1 and we are back this is ion health uh, you can give us a call at 314-241-9797 or 866-455-9797. Our guest today is Dr. Steve Harvey, a longtime guest of Ion Health, always here with an interesting topic. And today we're discussing a new take on uh, kind of the intersection of uh, uh, medicine and politics in the 25th Amendment. And again, just that disclaimer: we're not making, we're not trying to make this about the Trump administration. It, but it is, it is timely. It's a news story that's out there, and we think, you know, as we talk through the real history of the Twenty Fifth Amendment, when it's been used, how it's been used, and then importantly, Dr. Harvey, getting your point of view on as a medical professional, what are you know, what are the things that you would expect to see in the in the population that might invoke this from a medical perspective? That's yeah. some interesting color, and it might give you something to talk about next time you're uh, in. in in a in a in a room with a whole bunch of your friends that may disagree on politics, and somebody brings up the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and you you could just easily pivot the conversation to a nice neutral discussion about interesting medical issues, as opposed to uh, yeah. having the entire group go after each other. Right? Exactly. <laughs> We're just trying to build right, everybody up here. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. So again, three one four two four one nine seven nine seven or eight six six four five five nine seven nine seven if you have any questions for us today. So uh, we. Talk talked about what the 25th Amendment is, which is basically a process to remove the president from office if he or she is unfit uh, to serve. Yeah. And uh, and it's a specific constitutional process that has to be invoked by the cabinet, uh, the secretaries of the cabinet and the vice president, correct? Yes, correct. Um, and and uh, it exists for a reason, because after President Kennedy was assassinated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unfortunately, President Kennedy didn't live, but people realized that there was a hypothetical argument that he could have survived that, but been in a long-term coma, yeah. and there was no constitutional mechanism for the president to either resign or be replaced in that event 
because you can't impeach a president for being unconscious. Right. No. There was no there was no law that he didn't break anything. There was no high crimes or misdemeanors because the uh, you know, God forbid the president got hurt. Um, so in this case, the 25th Amendment was passed in 1967 and uh, it, it's actually been used. Yeah. Multiple times. Yes, it right? has. Yes, it so, sure has. Yeah, tell yeah, us all yeah. about it. When has it been? What yeah. what sort of crazy, insane situations, Dr. <laughs> Harvey? Because yeah. like, I feel like right. but it's, it's only existed yeah. since 1967, right? right? Yeah. So this had to be in, in modern presidencies mm-hmm. where the 25th Amendment removed the... And everybody must remember these, these events, right? Because right. they were huge and monumental. They, what were they, Dr. Harvey? They were colonoscopies. That's it? That's it. They were colonoscopies. <laughs> colonoscopies, that's the, right. The primary use case for the 25th Amendment thus far in the history of the United States has been a colonoscopy. Has, has been colonoscopy. All right. That let's, is exactly let's, it. Let's yes. name them. When, yes. when did it happen? Yeah, yeah. So, so the first one was in 1985 when President Ronald Reagan had a colonoscopy. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so the, the part of the amendment that was invoked was Section 3, and in Section 3, the president can basically declare him or herself as unfit for office, Sure, and, uh, and the vice president becomes acting president. So in 1981, uh, I'm sorry, in 1985, uh, Reagan had a colonoscopy, and uh, Bush Sr. was acting president uh, for eight hours. Gotcha. Uh, around the time of the colonoscopy. Got it. Yeah, Got it. Not yeah. not quite enough time. That's that's why yeah. Desert Storm had to wait another ten years. It's just <laughs> exactly. like need a little more lead time to get everything started, right? Troops couldn't get there in eight hours. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this wasn't wasn't practical. wasn't practical. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, happened a couple more times uh, when uh, in two thousand two and two thousand seven when uh, Bush Senior George mm-hmm. W. Bush. Uh, had colonoscopies. Interesting. So, yeah. I wonder if you had a polyp or something, because it was you, twice, you know, five years right. apart instead of the usual 10. It was So So there's kind of two threads here. Yeah. One is from just a pure medical uh, uh, progression standpoint. The, the, you know, I don't know if you have a read on when did the idea of you're over 50, you need to get a colonoscopy every 10 years. When did that really become a serious medical recommendation yeah i'm actually not sure I, i'm not yeah i'm not sure when that was clearly sometime yeah. post 1980 you yeah, know oh, like absolutely that. yeah right. yeah yeah post nineteen. and so that's yeah. it, it's interesting that we might have a situation where mm-hmm. uh people are living longer as yes. a population mm-hmm. are we're, we're already seeing that the average age of those running for president is is going up over time and as yes. would be expected as the population uh average age increases right. um and there are more regular medical procedures as medical science improves mm-hmm. where yeah. we go, you know what, you really need to do this. And if you're the leader of the free world, it's really important that you're proactive about your health. Right. Yes. I yes. find it interesting. So that's that's kind uh-huh. of thread number one. There yeah. will be more invocations of at least Section 3 of the 25th Amendment yeah. due to routine medical procedures oh, that require the the president to you know be out, down for the count for some period of time. Yes, yeah, any, any kind of surgery or anything. You could Absolutely. expect it. As a matter of fact, uh-huh. you might even need to expect it during President Trump's administration. Like, should he mm-hmm. have a second term? Yeah. I, I mean, how old is President Trump now, 78? No, no, like no, 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 he's not that old. No, 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 that's... Early seventies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, old enough to probably need a colonoscopy at some point in an eight-year term. Yeah, yeah, right, right. His appendix could blow up or whatever. Yeah, here's what here's what I find interesting about Mm -hmm. the. the, So we've had, uh, I I won't name all the presidents since '67, but you know, let's start with Reagan, who Uh was the first to have uh, have it uh, administered under Section Mm Three. 
Uh, then you had George H.W. Bush. Uh-huh. Then you had Clinton. Mm-hmm. And then you had George W. Bush, Obama, and now we're with Trump. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. The only two presidents that have invoked Section 3 were were President Reagan mm-hmm. and George W. Bush. Yeah. That seems yeah. interesting to me. I, I just like, I wonder if the other president simply didn't have colonoscopies or they just handled it administratively and said, you know what, I don't want the optics of having to claim the 25th Amendment or or what that was. Because it seems to me like uh, President Clinton, I could see George H.W. Bush, he only served one four-year term. It could very well have just been that he didn't need to in that four-year period. Um, uh, But I would think President Clinton would have needed to. Yeah, eight years. And Obama was in there for eight Eight years. years, He would have needed to call it. Although, although, I mean, I guess if you're really planning well, you have an eight-year term, get one right before, you know, you go in. Absolutely. He's like, hopefully you're good for 10 years, right? Right, right. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Interesting. That could have been the plan. But but the other other thing, because this is actually spoken to the the eight-hour period where George H.W. Bush Mm -hmm. uh, was was acting president during Reagan's administration, was spoken to during a lot of the memorial services and and documentaries that have come out about him recently with his passing. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's, an interesting commentary on that Bush family legacy that you know they yeah. take very seriously. If you're familiar, if you, I don't know if you've read biographies of George W. or George H. W. Very seriously, that uh, uh, the, the precedence of holding the presidency yeah. and and you know guarding that office. And I so I don't think it's surprising that of the the people involved in invoking the 25th amendment for rather mundane purposes yes we yeah. see these characters who are like yeah i can see them being like no this is the right thing to do yeah you know? oh, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 sure do yeah, yeah. interesting yeah. yeah um so w- w- the only time it's actually been invoked has been for a colonoscopy right yes as a medical professional and you're uh-huh. a psychiatrist so uh-huh. there's a whole field of psychiatric issues which could be very interesting as yes. a as a reason to need to invoke the 25th amendment but what are some other reasons just generally as a medical professional you might expect it to be invoked under either section three or section four yeah yeah i, I think it would be fairly you know fairly likely to be invoked if someone needed surgery if someone had uh, uh you know appendicitis or a uh, you know, cholecystitis or something like that. Sure. Where they need a gallbladder out, appendix out, mm-hmm. or just some kind of routine surgery. Uh, but I think, at least for me as a psychiatrist, you know, I know that when people are older, they are overall more fragile, both mm-hmm. psychiatrically and medically. So, you know, just at work every day, I, I see people losing their marbles all the time. <laughs> you <know? laughs> that's so your think, job. And, and yeah, that's my job. So it's just a steady parade of people losing their marbles all the time. And so, uh, so. For me, I think it would be very scary to not have a Twenty Fifth Amendment. You know, mm-hmm. I would I would just expect the the chief executive off and on through history to totally lose their marbles, and and then what? It, it, so so anecdotally, I mean, you you deal yeah. with patients at all levels of society. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, it's basically you're a psychiatrist. It's, right. You're you're not here to judge people by position, but to help them get better. Yes. Um, do you? In a population, is, is there something special about the population that, you know, runs for public office like the presidency, Senate and House of Representatives that they almost never have psychiatric issues? Or in your experience, anecdotally at least, now some percentage of people who feel driven to run for public office run into psychiatric issues at some point yeah. that may or may not get to the level that oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> intervention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And, and, and a lot do. A lot do. I mean, I think there's a lot of stress. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of stress, and, and they, they could have a lot of uh, psychiatric issues that they're able to overcome and functioning well in spite of the psychiatric issue, and, and a lot of psychiatric issues that just arise later in life that they were not afflicted with earlier that, that pop up later in life. So to that end, Dr. Dr. Harvey, what I want to know next is what are the conditions where you might expect this to happen, and in the past, like what are some circumstances where we know it may have been considered? Yeah. but never actually invoked. Yes. That's next on Ion Health FM News Talk 97.1. FM News Talk 97.1. This is Ion Health uh, here with special guest, Dr. Steve Harvey, uh, talking about a tangentially related topic to medical issues, which is the 25th Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we've covered quite a bit of territory so far, what the 25th Amendment is, why it was put in place, uh, p- times in history when it's been used. Very timely because we see uh, references to the 25th Amendment uh, all over the place lately yeah. uh, in the media. Uh, media stories re- related to the Trump administration and the FBI investigations. Frankly, it was mentioned in the Mueller report that was released this week. Um, uh, so you, you are welcome to give us a call if you have questions from that medical lens. We're not trying to uh, make any declarations about the Trump administration here, but we think it's just important, uh, interesting information and historical context on what the 25th Amendment actually is mm-hmm. versus a lot of the media reports that you're seeing about it right now and when it's been considered, although that will become part of the historical record over time. You know, maybe in maybe in five years, Dr. Harvey, we'll come back to another show on the 25th Amendment. Awesome. And we'll have, we'll have a nice, clear-eyed, objective point of view of the craziness going on these days, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. But we'd love to hear your calls or questions uh, for Dr. Harvey regarding uh, psychiatric issues that might be involved with the 25th Amendment. Feel free to pose some hypotheticals to us, okay? We're not going to, we're, we're not getting into the political arguments but we'd love to love to hear your thoughts at 314-241-9797 or 866-455-9797 um dr harvey before we left for the break we talked about uh, you know there's this situation now the 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 25th amendment has has been invoked three times mm-hmm. each time under section three which is where the president him, him his or herself mm-hmm. uh declares it and takes themselves out of the presidency temporarily and all three times, it was a colonoscopy. Right, colonoscopy. Very, it was on the front page of all the newspapers. Everybody was very concerned, right? You know, it's just yeah. uh, nobody knew how to get over it. It's, it's a big, big deal. No, it's colonoscopy <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, hit on a few other uh, potential reasons why the 25th Amendment might be invoked. And we'll get into some more of those in just a minute, looking through that lens of history. Yeah. But uh, what what happens, though? It's, it's Section 3 is the easy one. Yeah, that's yeah, where the president raises right. his or her hand and says, mm-hmm. "I'm I'm going under the knife, or I'm I'm uh-huh. going to be doing something here that's going to make me incapable of serving uh-huh. for some period of time." So the vice president needs to uh, step into the presidency. That's what that's that's what's happened historically. But there's section four. Yes, yeah, section four. That's and the it, just one. describe section four for us. Yeah. So so section four is the juicier one. That's the one where the president can be. Uh, more or less involuntarily removed from office if if he's deemed unfit to serve. This is the stuff of you know uh, John Grisham novels, yes. right? Where there's there's some there's a there's a conspiracy afoot, or or right. ar- ar- arguably somebody might say that, or it could yeah. just literally be a genuine concern because high acting professionals and executives in the in the government go, we've got an issue. 
Right. Yes. Yes. If the president, if for example, the president totally loses his or her marbles. So, so like, what's yeah. a what's a tangible exam example of the president? As a psychiatrist, what's a yeah. tangible, let's just say a very objective, uh-huh. nobody, I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, or, or otherwise, would disagree yeah. that if the president has X, yes. and it's an objective medical consideration, he or she may not be able, frankly, due to the medical condition, to invoke Section 3. Right. You, you mentioned a coma. That's yes. certainly uh-huh. one of them. Yeah. What would be something, you know, something as a psychiatrist, you'd go, yeah, I think everybody's going to know what's going on and nobody's going to be super offended that Section 4 got invoked here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the more clear examples is if someone, if the president starts to suffer from dementia, like yeah. from Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. And even in those kind of situations, the person who suffers from Alzheimer's disease usually is not aware of it. Mm-hmm. himself or herself, uh, but other people are. And, and of course, we're having older and older presidents, so it's more and more likely to happen and, and might have already happened in previous in a previous administration. And, and, and this is one that, frankly, people should probably expect. Yeah. If, if you're, you know, let's say, let's say you're 30 to 40 years old today, mm-hmm. maybe even 50, depending on, on, on how, this is probably going to come up in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And and unfortunately it's probably going to come up first as a political weapon. Yeah. You know, yeah. cuz I think once that egg gets cracked and it already kind of got knocked against the bowl a little bit with Reagan, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But uh I I think what you'll see is every time you have a president over the age of X, right. you'll get this kind of movement over there to say any sign of dementia 25th ah. amendment. It, it like yeah, you know yeah. if people can make it a political weapon, they will. They can. That they being yeah. said, yeah. Yeah. From a functional medical perspective, it's it's a good thing to have, and there are clear markers of whether whether you're talking about dementia or other psychiatric illnesses mm-hmm. that uh, you know people need to be aware of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so w- the the original question though is, what happens if the president's not okay with it? You well, know. Right. So, the, so the cabinet comes forward, says, uh, "Sorry, yeah. you're out." <laughs> right. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> You've been voted off the island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we, yeah. we got to do something else. And the president goes, "Well, like heck, I am. Right. I'm I'm not okay with this. What what happens? Yeah, yeah. And and it has to start out with both the vice president and a majority of the cabinet. So mm-hmm. if the so it's not the entire cabinet. It's not a unanimous vote of the cabinet. It's a majority of the cabinet. Right. A majority of the cabinet mm-hmm. plus the vice president. Mm-hmm. I think if the vice if the vice president's not down with it, then it doesn't happen at all. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, so if uh, if if the vice president and a majority of the cabinet decide to invoke Section Four of the uh, of the Twenty Fifth Amendment, uh, the the way it works there after that is that if the president disagrees with that determination, then the vice president and the cabinet have four days to ob- object to the president and respond to that. Mm. So the president says, "No, actually, I'm okay." And the vice president and the cabinet come back and say, no, actually, we still think you're not OK. And um, and after that, the Congress, then it's in the hands of the Congress. I see. And the Congress has 48 hours to assemble and decide. And it needs a two thirds majority in both houses uh, for the vice president to continue to be acting. Two thirds in both houses. Two thirds. Which both that's houses. that's a different measure than impeachment, correct? I think it is. Impeachment. Yeah, I, yeah. If, and again, not a constitutional. I think yeah, it's it a majority in the House. Right. 
and then two-thirds of the Senate. Correct. Yeah, and I, th- I think it has to be a majority in the House first to even bring it That's to right. the Senate. That's right. Yeah, so the Senate's yeah. like the trial. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so so to, for the 25th Amendment, it has to be two-thirds in both houses. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, I guess looking through our current uh, political lens, and again, not making a commentary on, mm-hmm. on the efficacy of, of any of this, but, you know, you think about the political ramifications, okay? Yeah. So let's say half of the cabinet and then Vice President Pence, which this is a far cry to begin with. Yeah. Act- somebody actually made the move to yes. invoke the Section 4 of the 25th Amendment. Okay, well, first off, President Trump's going to respond probably on Twitter. You know, <laughs> exactly. I, like, and I don't think it's going to take <laughs> 48 hours. I, I think uh-huh. you'll get something, you know, probably 48 hours in advance, you right, know. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so presumably it would wind up with Congress yes. in, in, in this situation. Yes. Um, and so you have the Democrats have the House, but mm-hmm. they don't have two thirds. Not even close to two thirds. You're going to have to peel think. off quite a bit of Republicans, yes. and then you have to get to the Senate with another two thirds, which it's a Republican Senate. Yeah. I, I, you know, for all political purposes, even in yeah. light of everything that's happened with the Mueller investigation and things like that, people are still digesting some of that. Mm-hmm. But boy, I think that's a if folks that are out there still banging the Twenty Fifth Amendment drum, right, it's probably yeah. probably trying time to move on to more constructive ways to meet your ends if that's what you're you know i think so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there's an election actually, coming yeah. up that you might want to focus on because the 25th amendment's a pretty far cry based on everything we've seen I, right I think now so. i think they haven't actually read the amendment yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's interesting uh so we, when else has it been considered though so we know that yeah. it's o- only been colonoscopies uh-huh. so yeah. far yeah, but it's definitely been a topic of conversation both mm-hmm. recently and in the past. Um, yeah. what, what what were some of those situations? Yeah, so a, a couple of the other situations, which I think are particularly interesting, was uh, w- have been with uh, President Reagan, with Ronald Reagan, and the first time it, it, the first time was actually with the assassination attempt of Reagan, because uh, you know after uh, after Reagan was. Uh, was hit by a bullet. He was in the uh, emergency room, conscious or se- you know semi-conscious or unconscious. Uh, I think for a good twenty-four hours or yep. so. And I think after the fact, people came back and said, you know, why why didn't we invoke the twenty-fifth amendment here? We you know we yeah. we, we it, were without a president for a whole day. May have been a valid you know yeah. question. So so again, just because uh, the the lens of history is often shortened with with many people today. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who aren't aware, President Reagan had an assassination attempt in what March of 1981. Yeah, and it was a close. It was call. shot by. Uh, uh, John Hinckley, I think it was John his name. Hinckley Jr. Hinckley Jr. Jr. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's the Hinckley Hilton over in Washington. It's like you can actually pull up right to the spot where it happened, really? um, and, and drop off your luggage if you need to. Oh, uh, yeah, oh. but it's a, it's yeah. it's kind of an interesting piece of history to go check out. Yeah. Uh, but President Reagan was shot shortly after taking office yeah. uh, and uh, rushed over to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, the Twenty Fifth Amendment was not invoked. Right. This even though technically. President Reagan really couldn't have been acting in in his capacity as president at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and but the administration, I think, his the historical lens here says the administration functioned very well throughout that period. Yeah, they did okay. You know, it's like, yeah. and and he got back to his feet relatively soon, and then made his big State of the Union speech later, and and everybody was happy. Yeah, th- things turned out okay. He, yeah. he almost died, but things turned out okay. That's right. Things things turned out okay in the end. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and kind of a kind of a fun fact that that brings up is is uh, Ronald Reagan's personal physician kept a copy of the Twenty Fifth Amendment in his medical bag. Was that was that after that happened? I think it was before. Really it was before. interesting. Yeah, he already he was already thinking ahead. 
Interesting. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, good, good to have a doctor who thinks now, ahead. Now, the next topic, though, is a little bit more controversial regarding Reagan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there is definitely two sides to mm-hmm. this view. So we'll try and represent both fairly. But yeah. first, let's just talk about there's there's a, a legitimate medical disagreement as to, you know, ultimately Ronald Reagan had Alzheimer's in right. 1994. Yes. And yes. Uh, looking back, there are some that have pondered whether or not the early stages of that took place late in his presidency. Right. So why yeah. don't you fill us in on what that just objective argument looks like? Again, not, we're not making a political statement right. here. My son's name's Reagan, by the way. So I, you know, really? I'm, I'm a big fan of Ronald that. Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be dang. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the part that we know for sure is we know for sure that he had Alzheimer's disease five years after he left the presidency. Right. That, that's the part we know for sure. And, uh, you know, almost always when people uh, are diagnosed with Alzheimer's, they, they've had it for a while before that, but we don't know for how long he had mm-hmm. it before that. Um, and, the, and there are mixed reports of whether or not he might've been starting to show signs of Alzheimer's disease during his presidency. Um, uh, Ronald Reagan's son, Ronald Reagan Jr., uh, he had said that he thought there was something wrong with his dad as early as the third year of his presidency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, other, other people disagreed with that, of course. And then uh, during, uh, you know, late in the, later on in Reagan's presidency, you know, the chief of staff, Howard Baker, um, also thought that something was wrong. And, that, that, you know, again, sure. this was toward the tail end. And he was thinking about invoking the 25th Amendment. I uh, thought that Reagan was going downhill mentally. And I think right when he was starting to discuss this with other people, Reagan seemed to bounce back. He seemed better. He seemed okay. Sure. Uh, so he kind of dropped the idea. And uh, as far as I know, it never came up again for the rest of his presidency. So I'll, I'll tell you that this has caused a lot of consternation among presidential scholars. Uh, and and just because I read a lot of presidential biographies, this is an area where I've, I've looked a lot. You know, cool. most yeah. recently, the reason why this uh, the theory that Reagan may have had early onset dementia during his presidency has has really resurrected in the public consciousness is Bill O'Reilly wrote a book called Killing Reagan. I don't know if you've you've heard uh, this. I, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it and it kind of works on this works on this angle a bit, uh, but in a I, I'd say in an overall very respectful tone toward Reagan and, and his contribution to. Uh, American history. I will tell you that it's there's an interesting article in CNN. It was actually just published uh, this year uh, from Craig Shirley. Craig Shirley's wrote, uh, written an entire series of biographies on Reagan's life, and and he's a, a very well known historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, just declaring, Shirley says Reagan didn't have Alzheimer's while in office, and he lays out a case why not. But Shirley's case is. There were absolutely political motives for why people wanted to plant that seed. Going back to uh-huh. even his run in '76, not saying that explicitly uh-huh. he had dementia, but there was a thread that started that he was too old for office. Really? Then yeah. in '80, that was driven home further. In '84, especially, you saw that against Mondale, and right. it became an issue of the campaign. And of course, there's Reagan's line that uh, I'll, I'll oh. not hold my opponent's age and inexperience <laughs> against him, right. which which that. was that a big was, deal. That was funny. Uh, yeah. uh, so, and also noting that Ron Reagan Jr., uh, Ronald Reagan's son, is you know uh-huh. d- a declared partisan. He's come out very clearly and said, hey, I'm, I'm a Democrat, yeah, I, and, yeah, and, and disavowed uh-huh. a number of his father's policies. I, I, but, I, but I don't, I, you know, from best I can tell, Ron Reagan looks like he loves his dad, loves his legacy. You know, yeah, yes, I yeah. wouldn't assume anything else. Yeah. Um, just note that there's controversy over that point. Right, We're not right. making a, a declarative statement, yeah. but objectively, it's mm-hmm. been discussed. Um, it's been refuted. 
And you know what? I'd encourage you to go out there, read some articles, read some, you know, read some real books on it. Yeah, and, yeah. and make a determination. But it's yeah. still an interesting thing that we'll probably have to deal with in our life lifetime. Yeah. The odds are somebody very well may get a legitimate dementia-related issue while in office if our leaders continue getting older. Oh, and we could be faced with a situation where the 25th Amendment needs to be invoked over it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So next mm-hmm. on Ion Health, we'll talk about... Some other history, the, the, the 25th Amendment only came about in 1967, right? Yes. Uh-huh. There's a whole plethora of history where it might have been invoked. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that yes. next. All ready, right. Dr. Harvey? I'm ready. All yeah. right. This is Ion Health, FM News Talk 97.1. FM News Talk 97.1, this is Ion Health. Uh, you can catch all of our podcasts at ionhealthradio.com or 971talk.com. Of course, you can either stream live or catch the podcast on the radio.com app. Our guest today, Dr. Steve Harvey yep. from Greenbrook TMS. Got it? Mm-hmm. Almost, got I always, it. I always <laughs> want to say that other one. Greenbrook TMS, TMS-STL.com. And uh, Dr. Harvey, in our, in our last few minutes of the show, some historical figures where the 25th Amendment didn't exist either because it was a different country or just didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where might this have been considered? Oh, yeah, all sorts of places. I, I think the one of my favorite examples that's it's very, very important in American history, crucial to American history, was during the American Revolution, uh, the King of England, King George III. He was, I, I, I hate to use the word crazy because it's stigmatizing, but... He, he was crazy. I, I, and it's Absolutely pretty, that's, crazy. again, objectively a historical standard. Even the British agree yes. that King George was nuts now. He was. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he had, he had, he suffered from some kind of psychiatric condition. It was, it was episodic. He went from, yeah. he was totally okay. And then he suffered from a severe psychosis and he kind of went back and forth. As a psychiatrist, I'm not really sure what condition he was suffering from. It's kind of unclear to me, but uh, he had, you know, kind of rambling rapid speech he mistook inanimate objects for his friends yeah uh he was uh, i do that sometimes some, <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. i have five kids wrong. though sometimes i just need a little break you know <laughs> right, yeah right oh i can oh five kids that explains, yeah. that explains yeah. everything yeah yeah but uh, yeah so there's something very very wrong with king george the third you know one that so a previous show we did on the goldwater rule yeah right which mm-hmm. is uh, and we, we we're trying to obey the goldwater rule we here which obey. is we're not uh neither of us well you're mm-hmm. actually a doctor i'm not mm-hmm. neither of us are making any commentary on whether or not someone was or was not you know exactly crazy right yes. uh but on the goldwater rule you saw uh uh Calvin Coolidge yeah. dealt with some major psychiatric issues. Don't know if they ever rose to the level of the 25th Amendment, mm-hmm. but you know that was that was one before that amendment existed. Um, Dr. Harvey, we don't yeah. have a whole lot of time. Yeah. How can people get a hold of you? Ah, through, through, they, they can find me through uh, the website, uh, uh, tms-stl.com. And, and you'll be coming back on very soon. What's, what are some yeah. topics we can expect to hear in a little bit? Oh, we're going to have some good ones. I'm... Uh, uh, we're going to do a show on autism, and I, I think I want to do a show on transgenders. Okay. I think that would be a great topic, something people don't understand properly. Well, and I really if you missed anything that. here, catch the podcast on 971talk.com or ionhealthradio.com, and that'll do it for Ion Health today. Thanks, Dr. Harvey. All right, you bet. Thank you. Glad to be here. Get more at 971talk.com.